Welcome to Sunrise Live, the podcast where we have deep conversations with freelance models. Today, I have Marie Brooks on the line. Say hello. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad that you were able to do this episode on short notice. This is so great. It worked out perfectly. Yeah, you are in Mexico right now. Yes, I am. I'm in Merida, Mexico. That's so cool. I can't wait to be back in Mexico someday. You guys are coming back to do another cenote tour, right? The next one that's happening in the beginning of March, I'm actually not going to be on that one. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to, but when we were planning it, because like the time that it was happening and then the, the progression of my mom's health, I wasn't sure if it might that land on the time that I needed to be there for my mom. So I just said, you know, I'm going to skip it this season. And Astrid found another underwater model to to step in for me. Perfect. Yeah. But now I'm now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, dang, I'd rather be there. I'm going to be in Denver instead. Not quite as warm. Not quite as warm. But it is reliable income. And so perfect. You know? So for our listeners, I wanted to just that of all the traveling models that I know, you are one that travels to the most different countries the most frequently. And I've been watching you on Instagram and like catching you randomly as you come by through the Southwest. And you were just seem like you're everywhere all the time, like shooting so much. How do you do it? I actually don't really shoot as much as it may look on my Instagram. I post a lot of photos to try to stay semi-relevant through the stories, but I do try to travel to as many different places as possible, a lot of it for scouting, and I try to get work along the way to pay for my travel expenses. And being fully nomadic, it's a little bit easier because I'm not paying rent back at home. I just pay my rent at hostels and airbnbs along the road so i can pretty much be wherever i want to be that is so super hardcore like i thought that van lifing was hardcore but you were just like no dwelling you are like from from rental location to rental location that's so crazy yeah it gets a bit stressful sometimes and kind of exhausting but i took all of december and to one spot and that was really nice. That does sound nice. So how long are you in a spot at any given time usually? It depends on the location and the cost of the short-term rentals and the amount of work I'm able to get in those locations. So if I'm not able to get a lot of work and the short-term rentals are expensive, I can only stay like five days to a week. But if the rentals are more affordable and I'm able to get enough work to sustain that, then I can stay for a little bit longer. That makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. I kind of compare it to the cost of RV parks for me when I'm traveling. If it's mm-hmm. like an $80 a night like RV park, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be here for very long. But sometimes there's a monthly discount. Yeah, exactly. So here for December, I was able to rent out a room at 400 for the month usd and it's like i could definitely do that i can rent a room and afford to be in there for a whole month but if i was in the u.s that would be like probably 
1500 minimum. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 400 is really good. Is that a hostel? It's just a private room in someone's house that they were renting out on Airbnb and they offered a discount for me to stay for the whole month. Wow, that's so cool. Have you ever used couch surfers? I used to use that, but I had a couple creepy situations using couch surfer. Yeah. So I I don't really use it as often anymore. I found a lot of people on there were using it for trying to find dates. What the fuck? Oh my god. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. The life of a nomad. And see a lot of models that I know that do like their primary source of income as being photo shoots that are running around doing a bunch of bookings. Most most that I know, they drive a car around and then, you know, get hosted by photographers or stay at Airbnbs, but then they always have an address that their tour ends at, like a place of dwelling where, you know, they have all their stuff and like their cat or whatever. But but you don't have that like nesting place. No, I use so I have to have an address for tax purposes. So I use yeah. my my friend's address in Canada for my mail and kind of legal reasons to be able to still be a person. And <laughs> I have random storage lockers in different places that I store little bits of things. Whoa, that's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I'm sure the people listening are very fascinated by that because, I mean, I even find it fascinating and I travel a bunch too, but that's cool. Different storage lockers in different parts of the world. Wow. Cool. So, so do you ever, scattered all over. do you prefer to like have a rental or do you also get hosted by other models or photographers? I do hosting sometimes and I do really appreciate the offers for hosting and the ability to be hosted. But because I'm on the road all the time, it is kind of nice to be able to stay in a hostel bed with like a curtain on it that I can just come home after shooting, close the curtain and not have to talk to anyone. Yeah. Because it, it gets exhausting. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. As as an introvert, do you think that you might be partly introverted? Definitely. I would say I'm definitely more introverted, but I have to have like an extroverted side to be able to kind of be relevant and I guess communicative in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. That is very, very relatable. Very relatable. People, people think that we're all like, people think that all the traveling nude models are not only extroverted, but maybe also exhibitionists at the same time when it's honestly, mm. like, yeah, totally not the case in most cases. No, no, <laughs> but I, I like, I like people and I love meeting people and hanging out with people, but I definitely need my own space and time to like recover from that. Yeah. Yeah. Does it ever feel lonely living on the road like that? Definitely. It definitely does. It's nice. I've been able to make a lot of modeling friends so I can meet up with you guys on the road or for coffee or dinner or for a shoot along the way. So that's always nice. And I've met some good photographer friends that I can some they'll sometimes host me or we'll go for dinner. So that gives some some interactions, but like having that like best friend that you could be like, Hey, I'm having a bad day. Come on over and let's like hang out it's 
it gets lonely not having that. That sucks. Yeah. But I mean, that's one of the sacrifices of being a full-time traveling person, you know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So for our listeners, can you describe how you first got into modeling? So I first got into modeling. One of my friends used to teach at an art school and she had a model cancel for one of her drawing classes. So she knew I was off that day and asked if I would come in and model for the class. And I didn't really ask any questions. It was just like, yeah, sure. I'll come on in and do that. And I had really no idea what I was getting into. I thought I was just going to sit in the classroom and they were going to draw like a portrait of my face or something. And I showed up and she handed me a robe and I was like, what's this for? I think my my clothes look nicer than this. Why would they want to draw a robe? They're not (laughs) actually drawing a robe. You are not going to be wearing the robe. This is just to get from the dressing room to the classroom. What do you mean? Like, you're going to be posing nude. Oh, well, you didn't tell me that. I guess I'm here, so I guess I'll have to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. I definitely wasn't expecting that. But I started posing at the art schools, and then her coworker started hiring me, and then other schools started requesting and then photographers started asking me to sit for them for portraits and then I started doing like bookings for myself and yeah it kind of just evolved from that wow yeah so it started with the sketch classes and then evolved into photography and then just sort of snowballed it sounds like yeah yeah I found out that I really enjoyed it and I used to be a dancer and I was injured, so I wasn't able to dance anymore. So doing the posing, I was like, oh, yes, I can be creative with my body again. And I really love this. And people are asking to book me. So like, this is maybe something I can do. Wow. Do you mind me asking what happened with your injury with dancing? I had two knee surgeries, just tore out both of my knees at different times and they don't really heal back the way like I still I can't do snowboarding or anything that's too hard on my knees. Oh my god, that sucks. Yeah, it also kind of, it affected my flexibility a lot, which was really frustrating. Wow. Yeah, what about hiking? Is hiking hard with your knees? I can do hikes for like a little bit of time, and as long as it's not too much straight downhill cuz that's a lot of a lot of pressure on the knees yeah if I'm doing a little bit like maybe two hours is fine or if I'm doing a little like half hour up and then sit and have some water and a break and take some pictures and then hike again for another like half hour then that's fine but you if I'm doing like an all-day thing my knees will definitely be sore that that evening and the next day okay yeah so it sounds like it's manageable just like no snowboarding for sure (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I take collagen and fish oils to try to help with the joints. And I find that helps a lot. So it's just kind of being aware of what my body can do and trying to manage what I what I put it through too much. Right on. I mean, isn't that what we do with everything, especially aging, you know, like vitamins, glucosamine? (laughs) Yeah, totally. So how long have you been a full time traveling model now? So I've been fully nomadic since 2016 so that's eight years now wow 
I was traveling model for two years before that. And then I kind of just did like local stuff around where I was living and within like two hours of where I was living before that on weekends or days off. Wow. Yeah. So you've been doing this for quite some time then. Do you do you want to continue like in the same like way that you're traveling for a while? Or? I I really love my lifestyle. I would like to be able to have a little bit more stability because the industry is not really that stable. Like when you have a nine to five job, you know that you're going to work X amount of hours every week. And at the end of the month, your paycheck is going to be X amount of dollars and you can budget out everything a lot easier. But working this way, you never know when you're going to have work and when you're not going to have work. And it's a lot more stressful and not knowing where I'm going to sleep every night or having to throw down the stepping stones as you're walking gets kind of stressful. Yeah. But I like the freedom to kind of come and go places as I want to. And I would like to be able to do this as long as possible. I'll probably start spending a couple months of the year trying to do a different job and then just travel for part of the year. I think the industry is getting more difficult for different reasons. It's going to be harder to be able to maintain appropriate income doing this full-time for much longer. You're saying that factors that are within the industry are making it harder? Could you elaborate on that? I'm curious too. I, I think AI is going to start taking business away from models. I think people will still want to hire models for like personal interactions and having a person to talk to but I think a lot of the newer generation might start using AI a bit more. I do know a couple photographers that I used to work with that now use only AI models and they don't use higher models anymore. I think as the older generation dies off hiring models might not be a hobby so much anymore as it is now. I just think there's a lot of things changing in the industry for not immediate future, but probably like five to 10 years down the road. Dang, that's freaking me out. Like I I know that people have said that AI might like take over like the modeling and photography industry. And I mean, I could see how like I've played with AI. I'm like, I know how you put in a prompt and then it spits out an image or you can upload a photo and then it can like modify the photo. But people are just generating images without having a photo shoot at all, I suppose. Yeah, a lot of people are. Yeah, but there's definitely a lot of the in-person experience of doing a photo shoot that I suppose not everybody wants to do all of that. But like going, especially like to a location that requires you to travel to some place to go there and then do a photo shoot. Like you do a lot of destination type events where you organize trips where there's like multiple photographers and models. And I know this because I was on one and it was, but uh, I couldn't imagine that experience being replaced with a, so perhaps putting on experience type photo shoots is the antidote to like worrying about losing work through People just creating AI images instead? What, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think people are going to start hiring models more as like a full link like experience to like experience a location and create art with someone in person and like collaborate on ideas rather than I think just the short little two hour bookings aren't going to be as popular anymore and there will be less people doing them. Yeah, I suppose. Like if you had a clothing design and you needed to just like do catalog style images, I'm sure there's a way where you can just like upload photos of your clothes on a mannequin and then just AI that mannequin into a human, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking of well, ways there's... that it, it could take a person's spot. Yeah, definitely. Some of the photographers that I know that are mainly using AI now too, or even even AIing destinations, like a nude model in the middle of the desert with camel in the background like whatever right like okay this reminds me of a time years ago that I posted something on Instagram saying that one of my bucket list concepts is to do an artistic nude photo shoot in a cave with stalactites and stalagmites and somebody messaged me and they were like oh just give me a photo of yourself and I could photoshop you to be anywhere and I was like okay but you can Photoshop me to be in outer space. It doesn't mean that I was actually in outer space. Like, I want to be there, you know, as yes. part of it. So I guess if if somebody, I suppose you could create anything with AI, but like, yes. do, would you rather do that than go and actually do it in person, I suppose, is, is the real answer. I think it depends on the person. I think, I think with the older generations, I think... I, the yeah I, I want to go to that location and it's not really what I'm looking for if I don't actually get to experience that location in person but I think maybe the new generations coming up might not need to have not feel like they need to go to the exact location and experience it if they can experience it virtually that's tough oh man because being at a place in person, like, even when I'm sharing photos, like, out in nature, like, I feel so bad that the photo is just going to be enjoyed on a cell phone screen. Because I'm like, okay, you can look at this photo and, yeah, it's pretty, but being there in person is, like, a thousand times better. Like, how I do you... absolutely agree with that. One of my friend's brothers, though, he does a lot of... He's a computer programmer and he spends a lot of time with technology and he would prefer to just go into the virtual universe and visit a place that way then he says like oh but then i'd have to pay for a flight and i had to pay for a hotel and then i'd have to go to this place i don't speak the language and what if i don't like the food and then i have jet lag and it's like i'd much rather just do it virtually because it's pretty oh much the God. same thing <laughs> it's but it's not it's not at all no <laughs> yeah. i don't think so I feel bad for people like that, though. If Gosh, like, I hadn't really put that much thought into this, obviously. And now that you're really painting the picture for me, it is very sad that mm -hmm. a lot of people, because they don't speak the language or they're not sure if they're going to like the food. Gosh, that's, man. But you're just going to keep on keeping on, maybe get a part-time job somewhere. And then yeah. continue. I mean... I think that's cool what you're doing. So I love it for sure, but it would be nice to have at least a couple months 
because like dating is also very difficult in the lifestyle I have. I'm only in a place a week and then I go again. So if I meet someone, it's like, hey, well, <laughs> see you maybe in like six months. So being somewhere for maybe three months and then settling down for those three months every year might offer a little bit more opportunity to to meet someone or if if not, then it at least gives me time to develop some kind of community with people that I can join the yeah. dance classes and get into a regular yoga routine and just kind of show up to the community and, and have like a little community for a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I was going to thinking of asking you about relationships, but I didn't want to bring it up, but since you brought it up, had, <laughs> have you had like a relationship at all since you've been doing this full-time traveling since 2016? I've had, I've had little short ones, but it's always ended up being that I'm not available to spend enough time with them or they're not able to come and see me as much as they would like to because of their work situation isn't as flexible as mine is. And they've always decided that they would rather it be with someone that they can kind of settle down with or the people that I meet are not able to settle down either. So our paths are taking us all over the place and we never end up seeing each other enough to actually develop yeah. a relationship. That makes sense though. Yep. The lifestyle is not for everybody. Like unless you can find somebody that wants to be your full-time assistant and travel with you, which is still like, I mean, your lifestyle, you pretty much need, like, an entire person's income of what you're doing for just one person to travel. Yeah. Like, yeah. It so if it I harder. end up bumping into another nomad that we click on the same kind of values and vibes, then maybe. But we're yeah. just all out there in the world going different directions. Yeah. That makes sense. So I have a question that I wanted to ask, ev- that I ask everybody on the show. I call it the photo shoot fail of the week. Can you describe an experience where you had a photo shoot that was crazy for whatever reason? Could be crazy funny. It could be crazy bad. What's your photo shoot uh, fail story? So, so I was hired to go to this really, really beautiful waterfall river area and we had booked to do a whole day we wanted to catch waterfall and some along the river and then some in the forest and then we were going to go back and do a couple hours in studio so we did the whole day out did the waterfall did the the river did the forest area and when we got back to the house to do the photo shoot in studio he realized that he left the card with all the photos on it <gasps> in the forest oh my uh, god he had switched his cards out just before we had left and he had left the card out in the forest so instead of shooting in the studio we drove all the way back out and the hour out back out to the forest to try to find the card he spent all evening looking for this card and wasn't anywhere and it- we never ended up finding finding it, so it was obviously very devastated because we had spent all day shooting and everything was gone. Oh my god! Yeah. So what? He ended up dropping me off, and I felt really bad about the whole thing because booked me for a whole day and we got nothing. So that was really awkward because it's like, what do you do in that situation where? Yeah. Like it wasn't really my fault at all. <laughs> But it's also very devastating. So, yeah. 
he wow was very upset so he on the way back he was dri- also like driving very erratic and was kind of scary <laughs> I was like, okay, oh my god maybe you should not be driving right now but yeah I think that was probably the most like awkward and like horror it was horrible I felt so bad for him that all of the images were gone and we had looked for that card for so long and missed out on shooting anything else so I was able to during the time I was there I was able to get, give him another two hours for free but that also doesn't doesn't really make up for the whole day of shooting yeah I mean that was nice of you to do but oh man so he he like switched his cards out while you guys were in the forest and it, it must have fallen somewhere or something yeah, he had his bag open while he was like putting his camera gear away and I guess he switched his card out and put it maybe on the top of his camera bag while he was putting the new one in to drive back while I'm changing up behind a tree. So it must have just like fallen off his bag when he closed it or he forgot to put it back in his bag or something. Oh my god, that sounds like every photographer's nightmare. Yes, <laughs> it was so horrible. Next to showing up after driving four hours and then you forgot your camera battery or something like that. <laughs> yes, that that also happened. Oh, man. But I mean, I feel like even that's not as bad as actually doing the entire shoot and then losing the card. Like that's that's pretty bad. Yes, we yeah spent all day going to these like beautiful locations that he had been wanting to shoot at for so long and just oh man yep so sad oh and i mean expensive too because he probably hired you for that whole time so yeah it was terrible oh my god i whoever that is if you're listening i'm sorry (laughs) that sucks yeah wow yeah it doesn't get much worse than that but damn so and it's too bad that he was driving erratically that would have irritated me also i would have wanted to be driving instead also yeah i understand being upset but there's also like there's someone else in your car so maybe let's be safe (laughs) yeah now we're both gonna hit a tree and die (laughs) yeah man what what where part of the world was that this was just outside of san francisco oh okay Damn. Yeah. Wow. So, and you also said that you had an experience where somebody forgot their battery. Oh, yeah. That happens a lot. I've had that happen a few times. I have a Sony camera. So, yeah. one, of, one of the times that I remember, I was able to give them the battery for my camera. And it was, we were still able to do the shoot. But, yeah, some driving to location and realizing you don't have your battery for your camera sucks. Yeah, damn. I mean, there's all the technical things that, like, if you're not on top of it, then, you know, the whole shoot could just be gone because of a technicality. Yes, for shit. Yeah. I've definitely accidentally formatted a card because I told myself, oh, I saved all this stuff, right? Yeah, I saved all this stuff and then formatted it. And then five minutes later, realized that I did not save all of that stuff. I have done that. I had. I actually just did that a couple months ago, and I was so pissed off. <laughs> yeah, and then it's yes. like you want to take your SD card to like you 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 supposedly can like run recovery software, but I've never successfully been able to do that. 
I am waiting to get back to the U.S. to be able to do that. I have not touched the card. It's sitting right now in an envelope because I want to see if someone else can recover it for me. Okay, that's a lie. There was one time that something happened to a card and I still was able to recover it. It wasn't a formatting though. It was, I did a shoot like after the, the whole entire shoot involved hiking this massive mountain crossing in New Zealand. And at the end of the shoot, I took the card out and like was putting the putting it in the computer for the photographer. And the computer for the photographer was a PC. And previously, I'd only attached that SD card to a Mac. And then, like, it just said disk error when I plugged it into the PC. And I was like, uh, disk error? What do you mean disk error? Like, this this hike was literally, like, a 14-hour all-day hike. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it was – the images were able to be recovered. And so that was great. But if, if they weren't, I would have been really upset. <laughs> yeah. That happened to me in Thailand I, the photographer I went out, we went out on a boat to do, we, he hired the boat to go out to do underwater shooting. <sighs> and we had a diver with us so that oh my. give me air and I could pose and then come back with the air and I could pose. And we spent two hours shooting and it was like an hour out on the boat one way, an hour on the way back. And he puts the card in and there's a card error. I actually don't know if he ever got photos because I've never oh my seen God. him from the shoot and I haven't heard from him for a long time. So I don't know if he ever ended up recovering any. Wow, what an excursion. And that type of underwater modeling where a diver is feeding you air, like I've tried that before. And like, I'm an experienced underwater model. I am yeah. not into that. Yeah, I don't have fantastic breath hold so I admire like you and the other ladies that do the free dive modeling and I've tried it but my breath hold is horrible so I can I'm very comfortable underwater and have no issues with water going up in my sinuses but the breath hold just is not satisfying enough for me to that I'm like oh I'm not down there long enough to get what I want so I prefer having this the diver there because I feel more comfortable yeah. having that access to air yeah, I feel though, like I haven't, I mean, I've scuba dived like once or twice. I feel though when I'm sitting down there underwater quite a ways that the air that I'm breathing off of the regulator is not as satisfying as just like getting to the surface and breathing like a good breath of air. No, I it's not. I'm a scuba <laughs> diver and it's... It's not as satisfying. It's always nicer to come up and take the regulator out of your mouth and get some like fresh air. <laughs> yeah. Instead of tank air is always going to be tank air. Yeah. Yeah. True. Damn. That sounds like it was quite an excursion. Uh, do you frequently do like underwater modeling trips? Not really. I just, I feel that because my breath hold is only like one minute to like a minute and a half, I don't. I don't feel like I can provide enough of like breath hold for a photographer, even though I've been told so many times, oh, you just have to be able to hold your breath longer than the photographer. I'm also super floaty. So I get frustrated that I can't like stay down. I'm always having to like push myself down. And that, I think I that's why I prefer the scuba air because I yeah. can wear a weight belt and then not have to worry about holding my trying to hold myself down <laughs> that makes sense yeah I mean it is hard underwater modeling it I would have 
I would have guessed that you would be a sinker because you, you seem like you have very dense muscle, but you're a floater. Yeah, I lots of people are surprised by that. Even my when I was taking my dive master course, my instructors were like, no, 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 you don't need that much weight. Like, yes, I do. I do need this much weight. <laughs> That's interesting. Wow. Where, where are you going to be traveling in the near future? Where can photographers find you? So I will be leaving Mexico on the 20th and I'll be going through Florida on a quick mini tour and then I go to the U.S. Virgin Islands for a week and then I go I hop into Vegas for two days I hop into LA for two days and then I'm over in Hawaii for 10 days and then I go over to Australia for three weeks and a bit and then back to Hawaii and then yeah lots of lots of places that's amazing i'm happy that you're going to australia i have not been there in years but i've always enjoyed being out there yeah it's i really like it out there and one of my friends from college lives out there now so it'll be really nice to see her that's awesome so are you still doing those like multi-model, multi-photographer events? Yeah, this year I have one in Hawaii in end of April, and then one in Costa Rica in May, and Dane Halo and I are co-hosting together for Iceland in June. Oh and man, that's awesome. I am trying to put together one in Portugal for October, just working out the details. Ooh, that's so cool. I've never been to Portugal. Portugal, what's it like out there? I think it's really beautiful. I really, I like the food there. The climate there is really nice. It's not an expensive European city, so that's also nice on the wallet. And I've met some really cool people out there. So I'm really hoping that it can come together to happen this year cool wow that sounds amazing mm-hmm. so can you let me know what was the initial like motivation for putting the groups together because i've talked to a lot of different models who have been starting up like shoot events and it seems that starting last year in 2023 that shoot events with that were hosted by models instead of just by like some guy or like by a male photographer really started coming on the rise and now there's a lot of these shoot events that are run by freelance models that are kind of sort of in competition with each other and I know that you've been doing them for quite some time like since Mm -hmm. you've been doing these since 20 was it since 2020 2018 2018. Yeah, you've been doing them for quite a while. What was your initial reason for wanting to put on the groups? So the the initial reason was to be able to have a backup plan for when I retired. And I also really enjoyed traveling and I was kind of doing them privately before people would ask me like, oh, you, have you been to like this place and do you know any cool places to shoot or could you like take me to these cool places for a couple days and we could shoot there? And then I also had done a couple events where I didn't feel like they were done well or they weren't like really valuing the models that they had. And in some of them weren't really, I wouldn't recommend them to amateurs. I didn't think that they were very safe options. Yeah. Um, 
So I wanted to be able to offer a safe place for models and photographers to come together and like create together and get to know each other because we we're always in passing and talking on the internet, but we don't often have time to sit down and have dinner together. Yeah. So I wanted people to be able to have dinner together and talk about their ideas and kind of build community because I was kind of missing a community. And also I wanted to be able to have a safe place to invite amateur models to so they could see how professionals work and work with professionals and kind of learn from each other as they were modeling with professional photographers and for professional models and same for amateur photographers to be able to come and see how to work with professional models and see how professional photographers work with other models and how they do their editing and everyone can kind of talk and collaborate together and I just wanted it to be a safe learning place and creative space. That's awesome. I love that. That sounds really nice and peaceful. And like it is your way of having some kind of a social life while being a full-time traveling person. Exactly. Have my own little community. Yeah. And I remember Dane was on the the trip in Hawaii that I participated in. Was that a couple years ago? That that was so much. Wait, that was that was last, that was last year. year. That was yeah, last year. <laughs> about a year ago. And my concept of time is so skewed. I'm like, oh yeah, I had oh, my re- I recently had just shaved my head, so that's how I know what time of my life it was. Yeah, but yep. Did she did she do all of your events? No, she doesn't. We're we're just good friends, and I like to have her along when I can. She also is very talented with. The, the media side of things that I really enjoy having someone along. She offers a lot of support when she joins as well. So she was driving for the trip that you were on. And for Iceland, she's doing all of the like media and advertising, which is very helpful because having to do everything is too much. <laughs> yeah, I can feel that. Yeah. And having a friend along is really nice because I feel like I am have someone that's got my back. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to take a short little break to tell you about Model Society. Modelsociety.com is a website dedicated to featuring figurative fine art photography for models and photographers. What makes them different than other portfolio hosting websites is that some of those other websites will still host kind of tacky photography or exploitative photos. Model Society screens all of their contributors for quality and authenticity. So you only get the best of the best on there. If you're not a photographer or model, you can still enjoy and appreciate Model Society because they also have newsletters and magazines featuring their best work and new articles each week. Check it out, modelsociety.com. I will also include a link to Model Society in the show notes. All right, now back to our show. I want to ask you another question that I also ask everybody on the show. I call it the rising phoenix era of your life. Can you describe a situation where you were faced with some kind of a challenge that you had to overcome? And it could be related to your modeling or or not if you don't if you don't want to. It could be a career change, overcoming a fear. What what is your rising phoenix moment? So I am a Capricorn, which most people think is very like organized and meticulous and like 
that kind of person. And I used to be very much like that. I used to be very much like I knew every week what I was having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I would buy my groceries accordingly. And like you're having yogurt and granola this morning, and that lunch you're gonna have a peanut butter jelly sandwich that evening. You're gonna have a Greek salad with the lemon chicken, and I would make sure I bought the ingredients for every single dish. And if someone came over and used my ingredients, well, now I have to go buy a lemon because I don't have lemon to make my chicken. So. Traveling before I became a full-time or even traveling model at all, I also did the same thing with my vacations. I would plan out every single day and every single activity I would do on my vacation, and it would be planned out on a calendar to the T. So when I started traveling full-time, as people that travel and you know, nothing ever really goes as planned. So it took some time for me to be able to just let go. And now that I have just let go and kind of more go with the flow and I don't let things like the tour is two hours late and now my whole rest of the day is ruined because I'm not going to make it to dinner at six o'clock is makes life so much less stressful. And I think it made me be able to grow as a person too, to be able to be more open-minded and more flexible in my thinking and my way of life and understanding different people's way of seeing things. So I think, yeah, I think that was probably the one of the biggest flips in my life that I think was positive and it allowed me to be able to be more successful in this career because I wasn't so stuck on things having to be exactly the way that they were planned out three months ago yeah you know that is like ridiculously relatable for me actually in particular and for me I sort of equated it to like a relationship that I was in and then once I exited it I still had that I called it that I was a time junkie where I was like just obsessed with time and like making it happen on time, like whatever. And like being five minutes late to something would really, really irk me. So so I super relate to that. And I needed to get out of that though in order to become more comfortable just functioning in my my next relationship, which is the relationship that I'm in now. Because you can't have anything spontaneous at all if you've pre-planned everything three months in advance. Exactly. Yeah. I think trying to like force your life to be the way you planned it out also makes it very difficult to grow as a human and to be able to exist in a world that's constantly changing if you're not able to have the fluidity to change as well. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. and It does feel nice to have a plan. But mm-hmm. I think what, like what you said, like letting go, like if something comes up that messes the plan up, it's like, okay, it's not the end of the world. This other thing could be just fine. Like, so yeah. being so able to go with the flow is important. Definitely. And instead of having a bad day or a bad week because someone was an hour late that, or something got canceled, <laughs> you could just still enjoy the rest of your day and just move on from it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could still find that very challenging to deal with, but yeah, yeah, me too. But it's easier to let it go now than it was like 10 years ago. True that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you do you think that 
any any sort of like other like part of your life kind of was holding you to that like stringent pattern or do you think it was just you know maturing with age or I think it probably had multiple factors I think a lot of it was how I was raised I think a lot of it was my personality at and immaturity at the time I also the job that I was in before I switched over to modeling I was a full-time medical esthetician so all of my clientele were booked three four five months in advance so yeah I had to plan very far in advance and I had to stick to a very rigid schedule but once I left that career and switched over and became full-time model I was able to be more fluid and flexible and it allowed me to be more creative again which was very nice that's great. It's like when I'm thinking about being a traveling freelance model, there is a lot of room for like creativity, but also like because we have to lay out our plans months in advance, like especially if you're putting on events, like, okay, I'm going to be in Iceland in June and I'm going to be in this other country in May. Like you have to kind of figure out where you're going to stay and then lay it all out. And there's not a whole lot of wiggle room. Like some people are like, oh, you're going to be in Denver and then you're going to be in this city the following month. Do you want to just stop by and like have coffee at this town like in the middle? And I'm like, well, actually, it doesn't really work with my traveling itinerary. Because people have often asked me if I could like make a diversion from my plan to accommodate like something for them. And it is sometimes possible, but... I have found that it can be really tricky to modify my plans unless something, you know, act of God, you know, like there's a hurricane or like something is like forcing the plan to change. It It's like you still have like this, you know, airplanes to get on at a certain time and day. And then it, it is somewhat flexible, but perhaps not as flexible as I would want it to be. Yeah, I've been finding I've had to start being more flexible in the past couple of years after COVID, though, because I've found a lot more people are they're not booking that like three months in advance anymore. There's like, oh, well, I don't know my schedule until like next month or like contact me again in closer to the date that you're coming here or people's plans are changing a lot more last minute now so I get a lot of last minute cancellations which kind of mess up my schedule so then I have to scramble to try to like arrange a different city or change the dates slightly so that I'm not sitting for five days with no work somewhere that I'm paying for an expensive accommodation or <laughs> yeah so all my flights now I book so that they can be changed last minute and I don't book accommodations until like two weeks before so that I know because my cancellation policy is at two weeks. So I know that, well, okay, now these people, if they cancel, they still have to pay the full fee. So I'm not losing money if someone cancels on me and I can still afford to be there. And yeah, so there's a lot more factors that are making it a little more stressful, but also having to be more flexible for those situations to be able to try to fill in gaps or arrange something else. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And wow, having that two-week cancellation policy probably does really help out with that. Yeah, although it's not always 
it's rarely possible to fill those gaps in two weeks, but right, especially if it's like some destination event or something. Exactly. But one thing that the pandemic did that was good that you mentioned is that flights have like airlines have a lot more flexibility in changing flights without necessarily having a flight change fee. Like I've been able to just cancel a flight and get the entire thing refunded if I needed to since the pandemic. And before I could never like. Yeah, that's helped so much. I've wasted a lot of monies, monies, money on flights that I have had to still take and go and sit in the city with no work or have to cancel and change to something else. Or So now that the airlines are being more flexible with that is very appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they didn't already have that policy before. Like, you know. I know. <laughs> like, back, kind of sort of like cell phone plans. Like, we used to have to have limited numbers of minutes for being able to talk on the phone. Like, what the I heck? know. I remember counting those and like counting how many texts you sent that day to see if you like went over your texting allotment or what. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And just policies change. They're like, oh, yeah, this thing that you're like being, you know, charged for, like, we could just not charge you for that. And it wouldn't mm-hmm. really change our life very much. Oh, man. So if you, and this is just kind of a random question, you may or may not have thought about it. If you had to have a part-time job for a couple of months somewhere, like you mentioned before, where in the world would you want to be? I think I would, because I'm so used to the nomadic lifestyle now, I get pretty antsy being in one spot for too long. So I think every year I would probably change the location that I decided to spend that amount of time in. But I think I, because I haven't been a dive instructor for a while now, my license has lapsed, so I would have to renew it again. But my plan is to renew my license to teach, and then I can do that for three months in the winter somewhere. And I find that kind of job is more flexible. To They're more likely to be able to sign you for three months, and then you can fill the contract and then move on somewhere else for a couple months so you don't have to lock in for two years that sounds cool yeah Yeah. just like being a traveling model and then considering having some kind of an other career seems like 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 why would I want to do anything else you know and I I run into this question for myself as well like why why would I want to have any other kind of job that requires me to be at a certain place and time where I could be anywhere in the world and do bookings for like creative shoots. Like what, why, what, how could anything ever compare to that? Like, or compete with it, you know? Exactly. And I get, I don't know if I could go back to a job that I would have to commit to for a year and have to show up at nine to five for five days a week and get two days off and have to schedule vacations to go and do something and then you have to book off your vacation time and hope that it's accepted and it's like that kind of freaks me out (laughs) I don't want to go back to that yeah yeah I feel that too and I mean I'm I'm 36 like I know that I know that people are probably still going to want to work with me for a really long time but like is my body going to be able to like do a bunch of this like modeling stuff like I'll I'll probably have to 
at some point just like take but modeling takes a toll on the body especially if you're outdoors like bending around oh, on rocks totally and stuff. Does. yep just turning it, my head the other day i kinked my neck and i'm like Oh my god! To my body, yeah. Look to the right too fast, and now I can't move my neck. There's definitely some times where I'm like holding a pose, where I'm like, okay, when I was 24, like this was fine, and now I'm like, okay, I'm feeling some kind of a strain that I haven't felt before. Exactly. Yeah, but another part of me wants to just defy all norms and be like, well. You know, I can hang from a tree branch, you know, and like do a bunch of poses, you know, when I'm when I'm 60, like I'll I'll, I'll be the only one doing it. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah, I totally feel that same exact way. But now I've had a couple times where I've slipped or like fallen. And instead of taking like an hour or so to get over it, my body takes a day or two now to recover from that. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you know what? I'm sure that whatever like career path, I, I know that things need to be planned for, which is why I think it's good that you already like have your event coordination that you're doing that like right now it's like, you know, you're not totally relying on that for income because you're already doing a bunch of independent photo shoots still. But it, it's good mm-hmm. to build skills towards the future. Yeah, definitely. It is motivating to think about I, I feel like like I I'm like somewhat organized like you were mentioning how like you're Capricorn and you're very like stringent in in like your methods of like planning ahead and stuff but my for me I, I kind of do that too but my planning ahead is just like the three months you know I've, I've got all this next three months maybe six months planned out but when you're when I'm watching like motivational content they're always saying, come up with a five-year plan. Where do you want to be in five years? I'm like, I don't know where I want to be in five years. Yeah. <laughs> do you? No. And as I get older, I realize that the person that I was when I was like 18 years old is so far from the person that when I was 18, I thought that I was going to be now. Like it's, and all my ideas change, your values change, your when you experience something else, you get a different perspective and maybe that could change how you think about something else now. And the world, it changes so much so quickly that I, I don't actually even know if a five or 10 year plan is, is very reasonable anymore because the world is changing so fast and if you're moving around so quickly, your perspective also changes. That's true. I've, I read something, I forget which book it was, but it said something like, even if you don't end up doing like the exact plan that you had like hoped for, it, it is still good to have some kind of a plan because at least you're aimed at something. Yeah, I agree with that. It gives you like a, a goal to work towards. And if that plan doesn't come to fruition, I think it's just like you just have to be able to let go if something's not going to work or be okay with something not working. Right. Be able to be like, oh, that's fine. Like, well, we'll do plan B instead or we'll think of something else and reevaluate in a year or two. Yeah, because because opportunities happen when you are working towards something. You, you make a connection. It leads you down a bunny trail. And then that bunny trail might be the next big thing that you never would have guessed would have been the thing that you thought the five-year plan was going to (laughs) go. Exactly. It can change and evolve. And I think people can 
like having a goal is great, but you have to also be able to evolve your plan and reevaluate and not have like a rigid, I have to do A, B, C, D, and that's how it has to be. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of going back to what we were talking about before, where like, you know, the photographers that are hiring us are, a lot of them are of like an older generation, like the, the type of people who prefer to have like, you know, conversations with you while you're doing a photo shoot. And like, as, as that older generation dies off, then the entire landscape of like creativity in general and freelance modeling, especially it, it is going to be different. Like, like we are going to have to evolve as a whole, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. But, but uh, I guess I can't stress about it right now because that you know, stressing about it. <laughs> no, stressing about it doesn't make anything different. It just causes you anxiety while you're moving forward in life. Yeah, because if, if it's not for the like nude photo shoot, you know, in nature, like perhaps just being a therapist or like being a naked therapist. And I, I think about that for myself often. I'm like, what what other skills am I providing besides just modeling while I am modeling? Some of it is kind of like you are like being a friend to the person that, you know, you're working with because you're talking about life stuff. A thousand percent. And I've actually done like nude, like sit sessions, I was calling them where I just sit nude and just talk to someone that needs to talk to because lots of people are like they live alone now or maybe they're like partner passed away and they just they just want someone to hang out with and talk to and I can do that over zoom and just sit there and chat to someone and they can tell me about their problems and they just want someone to listen to them. Wow, I feel like this is like an, an untapped market that like could use a lot more people doing it. Yeah, and I don't mind. Like, I, I enjoy it. I'm a fairly good listener and I like being able to offer some like kindness to someone that may be feeling a little bit lonely or upset. And I think it's a way to kind of do good in the world. Awesome. Yeah. True. Very true. And there have been times where like after a shoot, I end up caught up in conversation and, you know, I'm either still like in my like, you know, thong or like just in a towel or whatever, like, just chatting about stuff that's been going on with the photographer, you know, and a lot of people like, you know, you feel like you make a connection with somebody and like, unless you really have to like go to the next shoot, like sometimes it's nice to just have another 10 minute conversation. Yeah, it is. Yeah, especially if you guys are vibing or having a conversation that's productive. I think it's great. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's that like a lot of people view like freelance modeling as something where you have to be like extra professional because we were already looked at as like on the fringe of being professional just because a lot of our photo shoots involve nudity, which some people frown upon. But like mm -hmm. I feel like in any in any industry, like being personable is just as important as being reliable. Exactly, and like I do, I do have a very like laid out specific contract that I send to people that I work with, and for me, it just it covers my bases, and it also sets up expected behavior, so I don't have to run into as many issues of being like touched or yeah uh, you know that you know the drill 
Yeah. So I think it just kind of helps lay out how I expect behaviors to be. And a lot of people find it, but they don't like it because they don't want the rules attached. But I am also a professional and I deserve to be treated like a professional and treated respectfully. And I think it's also a huge safety thing for us as well. So I do have a very strict contract not strict it's obviously things are flexible but uh, there are specific things like don't touch me that's pretty strict (laughs) yeah but yeah also being able to be personable and talk them through it and just let people know that it's just it's just for our safety and for their safety it also lays out that I will show up when I say I'm going to show up yep I mean everybody wants that right yeah I think it's good to express what is expected for the professionalism so you know and you mentioned that some people don't like it they don't they don't like the the fact that you have a contract or they don't like what is said in the contract they they don't like that i have a contract because they think it makes it less fun and too serious i've heard that's something that i've heard quite often but i mean like the stuff in the contract if you're not willing to agree on my rate or you're not willing to agree on a deposit or you're not willing to agree on the cancellation notice, then that can financially, it can be very financially detrimental to me. So I need these things to be able to survive as an artist and to be able to feed myself and have somewhere to sleep. So I'm not sleeping on the street. Yes. Um, Okay. That's all very important. Can't be respected. Then maybe I don't want to work with that person anyways. Yeah, they just they just don't want to read something for five minutes, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, because um, otherwise yeah. you're having that same conversation over email or over Instagram Messenger that's going to be lining out all that stuff anyway. Exactly, and having it in a written contract so everyone gets exactly the same information just makes it a lot easier. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Well, Marie, we've had such a great conversation. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up or anything in particular that you wanted to promote before we end the show? I don't think so. Definitely keep an eye on my socials. And if anyone is interested in the retreats, contact me because they're going to be lots of fun. But yeah, other than that, I think we had a great conversation and covered a lot of bases. Cool. Yeah, it's been so great getting to know more about you learning about your dance history and how you had the knee injuries but you're still able to be creative with your body through modeling i I did not know that you started out as a, a sketch model and then that progressed into photographic modeling which i do find very fascinating because it happens to be the backstory of a lot of people that i've interviewed that the college classes where you get sketched nude seems to be like the the first thing that leads you into all of this like traveling modeling stuff. So that's so Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Evolves from the art world. Heck yeah. All right, Marie. Well, with that, I'm going to say goodbye. I will leave links to your socials and everything in the show notes and I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Perfect. Thank you so much. I'm glad we finally got this together. Yeah, me too. Bye. Bye bye now. Are your parents or friends giving you the side eye for your risque modeling photos online? 
Wish you could explain the fantastic community of freelance modeling so they stop pressuring you to get signed to some scummy body shaming agency. That's why I made a documentary about us. Share the link, bringsomethingsexy.com, to anyone who questions the validity of your career path. It explains how models stay safe by checking references on photographers, exposes my confession with my parents on my nude modeling, tons of interviews with other professional freelance models, and lots of behind-the-scenes footage of all kinds of different photo shoots. It's just five bucks to watch. Find Bring Something Sexy at bringsomethingsexy.com. Peace.